Again, we're going to be in John chapter 16, verse 4. And it tells us this. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. We talked about that last week. Now, this week we're going to focus on the other part of that verse. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. This I here in this text is referring to Jesus. You remember that Jesus is the one that was walking with his disciples. And that Jesus right there was encouraging his disciples. He has been with his disciples. And for the disciples did not have to be afraid because Jesus would be there to rescue them. Y'all remember when Jesus and the disciples in, in the book of Mark, they was actually in the boat. They were going across um, the Sea of Galilee in the boat. And a storm hit. What was Jesus doing during that storm? He was taking a good old nap. I think Jesus might have even been snoring. He was sleeping so good. Jesus was taking a good old nap. And guess what happened? Those disciples started to do what? Miss Bozell said he used to be, they started to be afraid. They started to panic. Everybody started shaking, started panicking. Ah. All right. They were starting to panic for a moment. And they was afraid. And they went in and they re- went in and woke up Jesus. And what did they say to Jesus? They went to him afraid about the storm. And Jesus said, Fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid. And he tells the storm to, to, to be still. And what happened to that storm? It be still. Another example. When Jesus, and, and I think it was in John, around by John chapter 14, I believe, uh, 12, I, I kind of might have got messed up. When Jesus was out in the area of the Galilean area, and many people wanted to be comforted, they followed Jesus, and, and they was out there with Jesus for so long in this area, and they was hungry. And the disciples started to fear again. How are we going to feed all these people to many of them? And what did Jesus do to the, to the loaves and the fish? He multiplied and he fed 5,000. But a lot of times we talk about the 5,000, but Jesus actually did that two times. He actually fed 5,000, and he also actually fed 4,000 people one time. Jesus, there's two, there's two instances in John. John tells us the time he fed 4,000, then John tells us another time he fed 5,000. No, no, no time. When Jesus' mother was there, and when, and, and when the first, what was Jesus' first miracle? He turned the water into wine. And right, and, he, and everybody was kind of worried that it wasn't going to be enough wine. The wine ran out. And what did Jesus do to the wine, to the water? He turned it into wine. Over and over, I can continue to tell you more stories. Can y'all think of any, any right now, that any other thing Jesus did to encourage disciples? He raised You remember that with Lazarus? Jesus raised him back up? He did so many great things. He did so many great things for his disciples to be encouraged. So every time they were fearful, he came in and showed them, you don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid. Every time they was afraid, he came in and rescued them and said, I am God and I come to rescue you. 
Let's just show you the goodness of Jesus. That when we get afraid, he comes to and rescue us. He does it because he's God. It says in our test, he said, I. Jesus is getting ready to go away to be crucified. After Jesus is going to be crucified, he's going to get ready to go to where? Heaven with his father. Jesus is getting ready to go to heaven, but he sits right here. He tells him before he leaves, persecution is going to come. But it's different. It already has been coming since I've been here with you, but now it's going to come, and I'm not going to be here with you. I remember when I was younger, 12 and 13 years old, it was something special about having three older brothers. I would probably try to hit somebody in the neighborhood, and I knew my brothers were coming. I could try to do my little dirt, but I knew my brothers were coming. But one day, I did my dirt, and it didn't make it to my brothers. And I got in a lot of big trouble. I was running for my life. Just like disciples, every time the trouble they got in, Jesus was there for them. But now it tells us in the scriptures, Jesus is going to agree to go away to his father. Now, disciples, they have seen so many examples of not to be afraid. And Jesus knowing how weak they are. So Jesus tells them, I did not say these things to you from the beginning. Jesus didn't tell them about the time is coming that they were going to be killed. Why do you think Jesus held back on them in that moment? Why didn't Jesus tell them that they're going to try to kill y'all? Or they're going to kill many of y'all? They're going to kill all y'all? They're going to persecute y'all? Why didn't Jesus tell the disciples that all these bad things are going to happen to them? Just like a parent. What was that? He didn't want them to be afraid. He didn't want them to be afraid. Just like a parent. A biblical scholar, I'm going to get you to teach this week. <laughs> you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing about it is that a parent and a child, you know what's best for your child. You know how much your child can take. Mm-hmm. You don't give your child too much burden. When I go, my wife and I go grocery shopping, well, my wife goes grocery shopping, probably hasn't been grocery shopping in five years, and she comes with all these groceries in the car. And we got to get the groceries out of the car. And my kids try to carry the heaviest things. And I try to take it away from them. Because I don't want them to hurt themselves. Right. I try to be there for them. In the same way, Jesus. Jesus knew how much they can take. How much they can endure. And so when Jesus gives them this great news of what they're going to go through, this is after they have seen how faithful Jesus has been to them in the past. Jesus waited to maturity. He waited for them to be able to see the right time for them to let them know that now you have seen what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to go away. You're not going to see me, but I'm still going to be right there with you. I want you to trust me like I'm right here beside you. When you send your kids out to school, you might tell your kids, I'm not going to be there with you at school, but hey, mom or daddy just a call away. I'm going to be there for my babies. I'm going to be there for my kids. I'm going to be there so the kids, even though they're at school, they know mama just right down the corner, right around the corner. They know mama just a phone call away. You blink three times, mama already in the classroom. The kids know 
that they don't have to be afraid because they're knowing that mom or dad is going to be there. And Jesus encouraging the disciples that I'm going to go away, but I'm just one phone call away. And better yet, like the old folks say, they say, they say, I'm just a prayer closet away. You go to that prayer closet. Did anybody have that prayer closet when you were young? You go to that prayer closet, and Jesus is like, I'm accessible to you. You can call me anytime. You can talk to me anytime. And not only in the prayer closet, on the way to work, in your room, where you're headed, you go get something to eat, you can talk to Jesus anytime. Here in Trinity Village, I can talk to Jesus anytime. So Jesus is encouraging disciples is that I'm going to go away, but don't forget all the things I've done when I was here with you. All these things I've done for you. I healed the blind. We didn't talk about that one. Remember, he healed the blind, Miss Barzell. The, 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 the man that was a paralytic, he healed him that he can walk again. He fed the 4,000 and the 5,000. He's done all these miracles before them. They don't have no reason right not to trust him. They should be trusting him every single moment. Because he has shown that he's worthy, that he's faithful in everything he does. Now, for me coming to Trinity Village this morning, I'm late every time. So I'm not trustworthy to be here at 10 o'clock. But Jesus is trustworthy. He don't have any reason for you to say, I don't trust him in this moment. But sometimes we treat him like that. Jesus has been faithful to everything. <laughs> He's been faithful, but we put him over here like we put everybody else over here. Here's he going to come. When he going to come? Family, he's going to come. We ain't got to worry about him not showing up. <laughs> we ain't got to worry about him being, what they say in the song, he's a on time. God, yes he is. If I can, if I can sing, I'll sing it for you. But I can't sing, so. But for the most part, his resume is faithfulness. We don't have any reason to doubt what we're going through, him not being there for us. We don't have any reason to hold our heads down. Our God is going to be faithful, even in the midst of our unfaithfulness. When we're unfaithful, God is still faithful. When we doubt God, he still shows up anyway. So Jesus telling the disciples, Remember what I've done. Remember what I've said to you. That I'm going to prepare a place for you. If I'm going to prepare a place for you, I got something better for you. And you can wait on that. So Jesus now is getting ready to go away. So Jesus didn't tell him at the beginning that they're going to be killed, that they're going to suffer. Jesus showed him that I'm going to be there with you. Then he shared the news that Suffer. Just like they treat me, they're going to treat you the same way. But I want you to trust me through this. What about us in our day, in our life right now? How strong is our faith? How strong is our faith? Our faith should be strong because Christ has shown us over and over again a way how faithful he is in your own personal life. I could ask you all and go around this room a personal stories. You probably could have said you could have been dead and gone. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all might have said you was at the wrong place at the wrong time. I was almost in a car, I was almost in a bad car wreck one time. Right? 
I mean, y'all have many health stories and many type of stories something might have could have happened to y'all. But look at you right now. But look at you right now. You're here. You're here. And so that lets you know again how good God is. That's right. But God changes people. He changes all of us. In the same way, our God is good to us. He's faithful to us. He's kind to us. Remember what God has done. Remember what he continued to do. That he won't leave you and forsake you. Even here at Trinity, you might feel like you're alone. You might feel like you might get might not get the friends and family or those, even staff, to visit you like you want them to visit you. Remember these words right here, what we learn in the scriptures. Jesus doesn't leave his people. You have more company than you think. You have more people around you than you think. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is accessible to you at every time, every hour, every second. You can seek the Lord. And he's right there with you. It tells us later on this verse, I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. Jesus tells them this. I didn't share these things because I've been with you the whole time. What I said earlier. Again, Jesus was there with them. They didn't have to be afraid. They didn't have to be afraid because Jesus was right there with them. But now he's getting ready to go away. Now he's sharing these things. He's going to get ready to go away. There's a mom in the story in the Old Testament in the book of uh, Daniel. Y'all remember Daniel was actually in captivity in Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar? And the people were in Israel. The people of Israel, they were actually in captivity in Babylon. They should have been in Israel. But they disobeyed God and dishonored God. And God allowed Babylon and Assyria to take them over, to take them over to Babylon in captivity. So they're thousands of miles away from home. They've supposed to be in Israel, but God allowed them to be taken into captivity to Babylon because of their disobedience. But the Lord still had his people there in Babylon. One guy named was Daniel. Y'all know the door story about Daniel and the lions in? All them lions was hungry and they saw Daniel and the Lord preserved Daniel. You heard the story of the fire furnace. There was these three men. I mean, I mean, Daniel was thrown in there, and it seemed like it was one, like the son of man, that was in there with them. The fourth one and three were thrown in there. But another story about Daniel was that Daniel then was called to bow before this statue, and Daniel them they didn't bow. They stood on God's word and stood on truth. They knew persecution was right there, but they knew God was bigger than persecution. So Daniel trusted the Lord. When things wasn't going as planned, Daniel trusted the Lord in the midst of that. Daniel wasn't afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. He wasn't afraid of what they was going to do to him. He trusted God to provide for him. It tells us in, in the book of Daniel. Let me read it before us.
I thought it was right here. Let me turn to real quick. Um, here we go. Verse 17 in Daniel 3. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we would not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And the language of these kids in our generation, the young folks, there's some bit boy talk. I don't know if they use that. They don't use that bit boy talk. That's some bit boy talk. Let me hear you what Daniel said again. When Daniel was faced with persecution, he said, if it be so, he said, if this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we would not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, was so mad as he was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the uh, burning fire's furnace. And it drops on down. He says this, drops on down. After it's been burning, he came in. Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men but bound them to the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, true, O king. He answered and said, but I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of God. How about the faith of those men? That they were thrown in the fire furnace and they walking around skipping. They're walking around doing the dugging. They're walking around and everything doing the gritty. They're walking around doing all this in the fire furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar looking in there like, what in the world going on? That fire is seven times hot. And they're in there dancing and having a good time. Because they God preserved them. They God protected them. That's one story out of so many more thousand stories in the Old Testament. And so many stories in the Old Testament that show you the faithfulness of our God. Now, Jesus comes to the New Testament now. He tells the disciples that, hey, just like Daniel went through it, just like Jeremiah was thrown in the cistern, just like Moses was ran out by Pharaoh, the people of Exodus, they ran away from Pharaoh. Out of all these bad things continue to happen to God's people, God always comes to rescue his people. When the, astral, when the Israelites are running from Pharaoh, the Red Sea was right here, and behind them was Pharaoh. They didn't have nowhere to go, y'all. They go to Pharaoh, they get come back and go to the abundance and get killed. They go to the Red Sea, they get drowned. They didn't have nowhere to go. My God, he opened doors, he made ways out of no way. He parched the Red Sea. And they walked to the Red Sea, and the Red Sea, they ain't been wet. It's dry ground. What did he do for people that need to be rescued? He rescued them. And the glorious picture of rescuing is for us, 
when we were dead in our sin and our trespasses, when we were doing the things we shouldn't have been doing in this world, God loved us when we didn't love him. He died for us on the cross. For those that believe, he died for us and he paid for our sins on the cross so we want to be paid for by witness wrath. Jesus paid it all for us. When we needed to be rescued and we didn't have nowhere to go, Jesus rescued us from ourselves. And we continued trusting ourselves. We went on with the hell. But Jesus came in and he gave us a new heart. Not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh, a heart of life. At first, we ran out of the things of this world. Solomon called them vanity. We want all the desires of the world, but the world cannot make us happy. You hear this stuff in Hollywood every day. They make millions of dollars, trillions of dollars, and they still ain't happy. They lead into more depression, more anxiety, and sometimes suicide. Money cannot satisfy you. Relationships. I love my wife to death. In the world of the young folks, I think she's the baddest chick in the world. I know she is. But at the end of the day, sometimes my wife, she's not going to be happy with me. I'm not going to be happy with her. We're going to have our differences at some times. But one thing about Jesus, Jesus will always satisfy us. If my wife can truly satisfy, why would I even need Jesus? My wife pointed me to Jesus. She's not an idol. Money points us to Jesus. All these things in life, we can enjoy these certain things in life, but all of these things God gives us around us, they should be used to point us to Jesus. So family, Christ rescued us. When suffering comes, he comes through. He might allow us to go through a surgery. He might allow us to go through hard times. But during those times, he's not punishing us. He's not punishing us. He's growing up to the image of his son. You remember I told y'all, Jesus took upon our punishment already. He don't come back and punish us again and again. Now Jesus teaches us life lessons. When he teaches us lessons through hard times now as Christians. As a parent, sometimes you let your child go through things. You don't bail them out in that moment. To teach them and grow them. For they can be better. They can be more independent. So not sometimes mom and dad are not going to be around. They need to know how to wash clothes. They need to know how to iron their clothes. They need to go out and put a check in the bank. They need to know how to do these certain things. So sometimes parents allow them to work through it themselves. But if a parent come in and bail them out every single time, it enables them. But sometimes you got to let them go through it. And that same reason with Jesus he let us go through things sometimes that show us where our trust is at. Because one thing we say we trust Jesus, when we go through things, do we go to Jesus or do we go through cussing folks out? <laughs> or do we go to complaining? Or the first thing we go to is that, hey, God got it all in control. I'm going to keep this smile. I'm good. I know it's hard right now what I'm going through, but my God got me in the midst of this. So family, Jesus encouraged the disciples. No matter what you're going to go through here in a few moments, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. Whatever may come your way, and look at my resume of what I've done. I have been faithful every single time. And if I've been faithful in the past, I'll be faithful in the present, and I'm going to be faithful in the future. 
So family of Trinity Village. Do y'all trust the Lord? Do y'all trust the Lord? Yeah. If so, if you trust the Lord, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry about what tomorrow may bring. You don't have to worry about what the doctors may say. You don't have to worry about what friends may say. At the end of the day, our God got the final say something. Our God got the final word. And whatever may come our way, our God's going to turn it evil for our good. He done that in the story of Joseph. When the brother sold him into slavery, God used that moment for him to turn around to save his brothers from a family. God used bad moments to shine his glory. Even in your life, the bad moment that you might be thinking that you're going to be facing here shortly, what you might be thinking about the rest of the day in the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months, those days you're thinking about, remember this, God turned moments like that to his glory so the world can see that there is a God. So trust the Lord. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. Amen. 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 Let me pray for us.